You were at the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. It's uh, 411 here at the station in Pittston, 65 degrees and mostly cloudy. Some sun was peeking through when I was coming in out there. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. A lot of text messages coming in on our last piece, uh, direct from Eagle Pass, Texas at the border. And again, you know, write this down. If you're on Twitter, you want to follow at Jenny S. Tier. So it's at J-E-N-N-I-E-S-T. T-A-E-R. Phenomenal reporter. I've known her for a long time. She does great work. She worked with Sarah Carter. Now she's out on her own with the Daily Caller. She's an investigative journalist for the Daily Caller. She's down there. She was down there to cover Elon Musk yesterday. She, uh, I, I've reposted some videos that she's posted down there at the border where she's saying that, uh, you know, you have the Texas Department of Public Safety that is trying to secure the border. You have the National Guard, the State National Guard, they're trying to con- uh, control the border. But you don't have Border Patrol securing the border. And when Border Patrol comes from the paper processing plants that they're at, where they're processing migrants, they come down with bolt cutters and they're cutting holes in the uh, the razor wire, the Constantine wire, to let groups of migrants in, especially when they hear from their vet- they're from Venezuela. Uh, she interviews while she's there at the border. The river is right behind her. The, she's standing right in front of the Constantine wire. She's asking them in the line on the other side of the wire, you know, where are you from? Where are you going? She videotapes the Border Patrol, who are just acting under orders, cutting the Constantine wire to let them in. And you literally see migrants fist bumping the Border Patrol workers for cutting the wire to let them in. They go in, they, they take them to their processing plants, and the Border Patrol leaves the border because they have to go process these migrants that they just allowed into the country. So they're gone. The National Guard and the Texas Department of Public Safety then try to put more Constantine wire, try to replace or repair the wire that was just cut. And that's what's going on down there, because you have leadership at the Department of Homeland Security, civilian leadership, who wants to tell you the border's secure and everything's okay, ordering their Border Patrol agents, which, believe me, I've spoke to them, I know them, they are sick to their stomach to have to do this. But they're being ordered to go down there because they're asylum migrants, they fit their new definition, where most of them won't won't qualify anyway when they finally have their hearing in a few years, but that doesn't matter. Let's get them in, we'll worry about that later. So that's what's going on. I got a text message in that says, uh, Rob, is a true Border Patrol has cut dozens of holes in Trump's fence to allow illegal migrants into the country. No, they, but they did cut holes in the metal fence doors, say you, to allow deer, antelope, to migrate because they said, they said, you know, the experts down there, that they, they needed to give a path for these deer that are down there to mi- and the antelope to migrate back and forth, and this fence is, is deter- disturbing that. So that was the excuse for cutting these doors in the metal fence, but... Within hours, we saw a video of migrants, illegal migrants, coming in by the dozens through those very holes. This is something different. This is the razor wire that's been put there uh, in Eagle Pass, Texas. And uh, you heard it firsthand. She's down there. She's been down there for three days. She's been down there before. Follow her videos. She's posting live videos down there, reports on all our news stations. 
you know, I knew she was down there. I texted her and I says, hey, is it possible for you? I know you, you know you're doing a lot down there and it's a, a hairy situation. But if you can call in, I'd love to for you guys, the listeners here in Northeast Pennsylvania, to hear it firsthand. So I was so great, so glad and, and thankful that she was able to call right in and give us a report. And, uh, you know, I, I'm able to follow her live just like you can. I just gave you her Twitter handle and you could see the very videos that I'm seeing of what's going on there firsthand. She was there yesterday when Elon Musk was there. And like I said, it's uh, anyone who's vested in this nation, anyone who, everyone should see what's going on down there. Now, I understand, you know, everyone just can't up their cells and go down there to see, oh, oh, look, let's see what's going on. But if you have the opportunity, if you happen to be in the area, if you're going to be down there or near there, go see this for yourself. You will not believe what's going on. I was there at different times. I was there when they were putting up, you know, when Trump first started constructing his wall down there, which is a second wall. There was a buffer between the two walls. Now, the old wall that was down there that was decades old was literally made of runway panels from World War II from the Pacific Islands. They would put these metal grates down on the sand to make a runway for planes. They had so many extra of them after World War II that they brought them back and made border walls out of them. Well, they're rusted, they're deteriorated, they were never meant to be a border wall, which is why they weren't very good at being a border wall. And then you had fences, and if you look at my social media on Twitter, you can see the pictures that I took at the border to show how makeshift the border between Tijuana and San Diego County was. I mean, some of it was chain-link fence with gaps in it. Some of it, there was literally a stump in the middle of it where the fence came to one side of the stump and then picked up on the other side of the stump. Now, they couldn't pull the stump or go around the stump. So literally, you could walk over the stump, and there was a gap in the fence. Now, that was the second fence, but that's how ridiculous this border is down there when you see it for yourself firsthand. And there's a state park there, Borderfield State Park. It's in San Diego County, buffers up against Tijuana. It's a state park with walking trails. You can go there, and you can see through the walking trails. Now, it's dangerous. You could see through the walking trails. That, um, you know, the, the, the clothing and the jugs of water that they discard. And Tijuana is, it's not desert on the other side. Tijuana is a city. You know, the flip-flops, the change of clothes, the dumping of stuff. Um, when we were down there, there were military members on the Mexican side that were painting us with their rifles. You know, we're looking at them, and they're looking at us through the scopes of their rifles. And the Border Patrol agents said, yeah, you know, I mean, they normally don't take a shot, but the, it has happened. But that's how they look at you, through their scopes. You know, they're scoping you. It's a mess down there. And we're dealing with it everywhere else in the nation in the tune of the population increases, the illegal migration, the tax dollars, the the funding that's going to need to be cut on other programs. Look at New York, 5% already, another 5% come January, another 5% of their total budget, their total annual budget. 15%. They're already telling you point blank, every agency needs to take a cut. Could our schools here in Northeast Pennsylvania take a 15% cut? Could your school district take a 15% cut? Could your public safety, could your police departments, could your fire departments, could your hospitals, could your, you know, children's services take a 15% cut? And that's just to keep up. That's not, that's not even breaking even. That's just to survive. This is unsustainable. 
And the mere fact that you have politicians, you have secretaries of Homeland Security looking the American public in the eye and say the border's secure. Literally, you can go down there yourself anytime and look and see how it's not. You were just told it's absolutely not. There's video how it's absolutely not. This nation is changing. And yes, we could be a compassionate nation for immigrants, but we can do it legally. We can do it in, what, in ways we can sustain that. I'm not saying we should be a nation of no more immigrants. I'm not saying that at all. We're all products of immigrants, legal immigrants. But what's going on is not that. We've had more people in a month, illegal immigration in a month now, than we did in six months to a year under the Trump administration. That's unsustainable. It's already unsustainable that we already, with what we have here now, we don't know what to do with already. And you're talking about 30,000 more every 24 to 36 hours. You're talking about 10 to 11,000 a day. And they're still coming, and there's more coming, and they don't know what to do with the ones we have. It's unrealistic. It's unreal. So let's secure the border. Let's stop this and then sit down and have the conversation about how do we fix our immigration policies. Our immigration policies and securing our border are two different things. Yes, they coincide, but they're two different things. But you can't do one without the other. You have to secure the border. You have to stop the flow. What's the first thing you do when your house is leaking, when, you, when your house is flooding? When you have a pipe burst, you shut the water off. Then you could fix the problems. We need to shut the water off and then fix the problems. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Or we're going to be in so much trouble. You know, just think here in Northeast, think in the city of Scranton, city of Wilkesbury. 10,000 migrants dropped in the middle of the city. What are we going to do? What can we do with that? We couldn't. It would overwhelm us just here. So all the people in this area that say we should be more compassionate, we should be more understanding, we should look to help more, we should do this more. If you drop 10,000 migrants in downtown Scranton right now, it would overwhelm northeast Pennsylvania. You do it again to Wilkesbury, it would overwhelm it. Every aspect of it, from your fire service to your police service to your medical service to your education service, it would overwhelm this area. So unless you have a solution to stop that flow, you need to shut up and figure out how we can support politicians in places to fix the policy that's allowing it to happen to begin with. It's 422 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Thanks. This traffic update is brought to you by Penn Teledata Internet. Route 6 West in Blakely is shut down. That's business Route 6 West due to a wreck that happened a while ago. That is causing heavy traffic on Wildcat Drive and then from Wildcat Drive all the way to Dixon City where you get on 81. That's pretty jammed up. You can expect delays. We have bumper to bumper, barely moving traffic, 81 both directions between Waverly and Lenox this afternoon as well. Some slowing on 81 northbound from Music to Scranton. And when you're heading southbound on 81, expect to dip below 40 miles per hour at Wilkesbury Bear Creek. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call Call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, 
WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Jeremy Luan. Today, overcast, overcast with on and off showers, heavier in the eastern PA, high 63. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of showers near full moon, low 54. Saturday, morning clouds giving way to afternoon sun, high 72. Sunday, patchy fog burning off to reveal gorgeous sunshine. Not just sunshine, but gorgeous sunshine. High 78. Monday, mostly sunny, foggy to start, high 80. It's currently uh, 67 degrees and mostly cloudy here at 423 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 426 here at the station. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. 67 degrees and mostly cloudy out there. Um, let's go to the phones. We have Max from Mountaintop on if 10,000 migrants came to Wilkesbury. Well, you asked and you shall receive. Your wish is my command as your loyal listener. And I'm referring to the the premise that what would 10,000 refugees do to a city? Well, Bob Casey came up with that solution. He could get you 10,000 refugees. Five months ago on Channel 16, he went on the press, live on TV, announced that he had procured a $1 million federal grant for United Neighborhood Centers of Northeastern Pennsylvania to renovate the building, and it is going to act as a central entry point for new immigrants and refugees. I'm quoting Microsoft Network. I just sent you the email with the link to, to the, uh, uh, the website. This is the same senator who prior to that, on the Frank Andrews show, announced, and I'll quote live, that the greatest threat to the United States are white supremacists, unquote. Now, that's an objective statement to most of us white people out there, and it sent a shockwave through northeastern PA that Mr. Casey got one million from Congress to send up a gathering point for 10,000 refugees, and it's a done deal, pal. And please fact check me. No, I, I'm well, well aware that he did for that. Now, he tried to spin it as something different than what you're saying, but if you read it, the fine print or the rest uh, of Rob, the article. Rob, they got, a big, they got a parking lot that can hold at least 5,000 refugees in tents. Come on, that's what they're doing in New York, right? It's exactly what they're doing. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that they tried to spin it as as an intake center for, you know, the less fortunate. But when you read through it, just like you did, it's exactly what you say it is. It's he's he said exactly what it was, but now is kind of tried to spin it as something else, more for the community, exactly. not for not for a migrant migrant in, illegal migrant intake facility. So. This is all documented. This has all been released in the press. Our greatest enemy within is our own United States senator. I'm sorry that the buses are going to be coming to Walmart's parking lot, and they're going to get through the concertino wire that hopefully they have wrapped around the parking lot, and they get into the concertino wire that will probably, probably be wrapped around this facility. But that's already a done deal. You're going to get your 10,000. What are you going to do with them? 
That's what I asked. That's what I'm telling the, the, the people here in Northeast Penn, because I get the text messages. I get the calls all the time. We need to be more yeah. compassionate. We need to understand what's going on. They're looking, just looking for a better life. They're looking to participate in, in, our, in our societies. I get all that, but we have, there's a structure to that. Yeah. There's always been a structure to that, to the history of America. And that structure has been destroyed because we have Border Patrol agents cutting holes in the wire that our National Guard exactly. and our Texas state officials are putting there to let migrants in. Well, once they get through the wire, there's no concertino wire wrapped around Pennsylvania. And that's why we need to be on the same page, you and I, which we are, and track these events that are happening right in our own local area. They are, and I've since I've been on the radio here since January, I've told, listen, it's in New York, it's in Philly, we're seeing it all over. It's coming here. It's just a matter of time exactly. before someone says, hey, let's send the buses to Joe Biden's hometown. It's just a matter of time. Exactly, and it's already cut in stone. The proof is in, is in the Internet, All, and the announcement was made on Channel 16, and there was no, no feedback. It was like, okay, so they're going to do something with the building. And that was as far as it got. Nobody read the small print. And there's a lot more information that's coming out about this, too. Absolutely, because until they're intense on the streets or just laying on our streets and all over the place, then you'll see the uproar here. But then it's too late because we've seen what that does to New York, to Philadelphia. Exactly, because, because Bob's going to turn South Scranton into a tent city. He's going to have the same problem as Adams. Trust me, it's already in the, it, it, it's already in the pot. It is, but I don't think that the residents of Northeast Pennsylvania will be as kind to Bob Casey as they are the residents of New York City are to Eric Adams because they've about had enough with him there too. So we'll we'll see where it goes, but we have to start. Yes, we have to start uh, raising the the flag on what's going on here because this isn't stopping. The flow is still coming, and these cities, yes. these major cities, only two hours from us are already at capacity. Yes, yes. Um, Bill. So, not- so you know what? Forget about the train about hooking the train line up to North to Scranton. I want concertino wire wrapped around NEPA. That's my last request. Well, Max, I appreciate your input, and you have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Thank you. And Max isn't wrong. Uh, This this facility is paid for. It's already been done. They've already touted it. Now they try and spin it now as something a little more than it is. But what is it being used for now? It's not. And he said point blank. As a, as a Bob Casey himself said, a point blank, you know, as a as a intake center for migrants coming into our community, and uh, you can determine what that means. But once it's once you figure out what it means, and it's too late, it's just that it's too late. It's 4.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's the point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 81 made the ultimate sacrifice on this day. Three from here in Pennsylvania. We're going to start off with Newtown Borough Police Department Officer Brian Stephen Gregg. 2005 was shot and killed after a prisoner was able to gain possession of his partner's service weapon at St. Mary's Medical Center. We have Deputy Sheriff Edward M. Butko Jr., Allegheny County Sheriff's Office in 1983, was killed in an automobile accident when his car patrol car collided with a public transit bus. bus. And uh, police officer John McDonough, Pittsburgh Bureau of Police in 1913, died from injuries sustained two days earlier when he was kicked in the stomach while arresting a drunken disorderly man in 7th Avenue and Grand Street. Again, that was 1913. 
And those are our, our three from uh, Pennsylvania. We're going to go to the phone now. We have uh, Ray from Mountaintop on the influx of migrants. Ray. You know, Rob, your previous caller did such a, a service to the area by bringing the attention to the problem. But the problem emanates from the People's Republic of Lackawanna County, and it, em- and, and it emanates from the Democrats. Casey, crazy, Senator crazy, Congressman can't write, and the ridiculous person was the mayor of, of Scranton. So now we have the President Biden, or is it the uh, uh, Robin Ware, or maybe it's this Stephen, what's his other name? He's got all his aliases. Oh, his, his email aliases, I got you. <laughs> yeah, sure. We, we need to include those aliases when we put the bulletin board up. So the people that are passing by here really know who it is who came from here. And as far as coming from here, the, the criminality is so blatant that the simple refusal to do anything, and it's predicated on one thing, he has a delusional hatred of Donald Trump because Donald Trump was successful in everything he did as president, everything he did. And now, look where we are. Look, do, do, do the young people in our area really enjoy 75 and 8% mortgages? Anyone who's taken one out now, that's what they're going to be paying. Now, you also have to be critical because there are a lot of promises that Donald Trump made about the border that were not kept. You know, he said he would complete the border wall. Only only 50 miles of it was done. It was a start. It was a great start. And believe me, I know people who were in that business. I know Tom Holman, the, the director of ICE for, for, at Homeland Security. The border was the safest it's been in our lifetime under Donald Trump. I get that. But when he had the chambers, when he wanted to build the wall, he should have made it a priority. Now, they fought him at every turn for funding. I get it. You can't exactly. do it all. Exactly. But Exactly. He, had he received – you know, the party that's in the minority is supposed to be the loyal opposition. Those that express a different idea, perhaps a different way to get around the pond. That's not the Democrat Party. They are they are scorched earth everywhere. They, the day after he was elected, they formulated in their meetings how to do everything they could to obstruct what was going on with our country based on the election. They didn't like the results. And what are they doing now? Well, what they're doing now is 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 allowing an invasion of our nation, and and that's what's going on until until. The rest of America sees it. Until, like I said, until it's here in downtown Scranton and Wilkesbury, the people in northeast Pennsylvania will look at it. They'll see it on TV, and they're like, oh, we, Rob, should, we should be more compassionate. Rob, 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 you haven't been here that long. I can tell you this started in 1967 when Robert Kennedy deliberately changed the standards for immigration to take away priority immigration from northern Europeans and those people who have certain skills. And instead, we threw it open to the world. Then, right, at, and you could look at Wilkesbury if you if you remembered it. Before the flood, it was a gorgeous little city. Then, under the heading of urban renewal and supposedly some form of assistance, we turned it into a giant Section Eight cesspool. And it wasn't that way before the flood. And the the people were sold on low income housing and. A, Except when you went on a SEPTA train in Philadelphia, 
that were ads. Come to northeastern Pennsylvania. Come to Edwardsville. Come to Wilkesbury. Make the most out of your Section 8 housing and your welfare. And this is what we get. Well, hopefully, the, the hopefully, demise. hopefully we wake up, Ray. We're gonna have to leave it there. Hopefully, we um, we learn and uh, do something about this and start holding our elected officials accountable. And you're right; the last time they did reform immigration reform and got away from Eastern Europeans to to the South Americans and Mexicans and and Latin America was for workers. And um, you know that was the key behind that there. But now it's just a free for all. It's not even about that anymore. It's just let's open up the borders and and for whatever reason. It's 4.43 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather. And this Pentella Data Internet traffic update. There is an accident on 81 Northbound right before Montage Mountain Road. That seems to be slowing things down a bit, but not really holding you up yet. We have heavy traffic on Main Street in Dixon City that may be causing delays, and you are bumper to bumper on Wilkesbury Township Boulevard near Blackman Street. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of showers, nearly full moon. Low 54. Saturday, morning clouds giving way to afternoon sun, high 72. Sunday, patchy fog burning off to reveal gorgeous sunshine, high 78. Monday, mostly sunny, foggy start, high 80. It's currently uh, 68 degrees and mostly cloudy at 444 here at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 448 here. U.S. dollars up uh, 0.64 of a percent, 66 degrees. Today's, um, we look at today in history. Now, get back to that a little bit. Today is uh, National Coffee Day. I did not know that. I don't think I had my coffee this morning. I think I went right to lunch. Um, National Mocha Day. Today's World Heart Day. Biscotti Day. I love my biscottis. Don't haven't had them in a while. And National VFW Day, Veterans of Foreign Wars. And our respect and thanks go out to everyone out there, especially my friends listening in the VFWs across northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, let's see what else we got on this day in history. The um, in 1982, the Chicago Tylenol murders begin when the first of seven individuals dies in metropolitan um, Chicago. I remember that. Remember that in 1982, the big scare on Tylenol when they were poisoning it? That was, uh, wow, 1982 on this day. Hmm, let's see what else we get. The first live, here you go. We'll, get the, we'll put this in uh, for Jake's uh, knowledge because he'll remember this like it happened tomorrow, like it happened yesterday. September 29th, 1951, the first live sporting event seen coast-to-coast in the United States, a college football game between Duke and uh, Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd I'd totally, wow, 1951. 1951, the first live sporting event seen coast-to-coast in the United States. It was a college football game between Duke and the University of Pittsburgh. That's a little little information to put there back in your file cabinet. Oh, for sure. So, uh, you know, that's our, our sports news. I, I love when I can give uh, Jake something in sports or something related to sports that, that he didn't know because he, the guy's like a, the Encyclopedia Britannica in there. <laughs> and uh, 
the Metropol the in 1829 the Metropolitan Police of London later known as the Met is founded let me see what else we got 1399 King Richard II became the first English monarch to uh abdicate his throne and what is uh, our quote of the day um Whatever nature has in store for mankind, unpleasant as it may be, men must accept, for ignorance is never better than knowledge. Enrico Fermini. So that's our, our quote of the day here in our Today in History. I, I love these apps. The little apps tells me what the day is. Now, a lot of these days are, are let's see, let's what tomorrow date. And since we're not going to be here tomorrow, is International Translation Day, Chewing Gum Day. Blasphemy Day, National Mud Pack Day, and National Love People Day. I mean, come on now. And we got Sunday. Now, how is that? Okay. Today is National Coffee Day. Sunday is International Coffee Day. Yeah, somebody's making this stuff. There's some guy in an office somewhere just playing games on people. And then there's uh, Fire Pup Day. Not sure. Homemade Cookie Day. Order Older People Day. CD Player Day, World Vegetarian Day, Jennifer Quigley Day, National Domestic Violence Awareness Month starts on Sunday. The World Postcard Day, Cybersecurity Awareness Month, Banned Books Week, and Change a Light Day. I guess because it's October 1st. And when is that annoying time, Jake, where we have to send the clocks back? Is that coming up too? Damn fool's time, as Tom Heller likes to call it. Damn fool's time. <laughs> yeah. I believe it's the first weekend in November. First November. So and, we got a little time for that. Yeah. And then depressingly it'll when it'll be four fifty two, about let's see here, four Fridays from now it'll be pitch black outside. Right. Ugh. Every time we leave now it'll be dark. Yeah. Not fun, not fun. Nope. But there's there's your today in history. I hope you found that as enlightening as I did. You know, I like to look back. Sometimes you get some good tidbits. I, that was good about the new the sports broadcast across the nation. Uh, between Duke and the uh, University of Pittsburgh. So that's a good one there. It's 4.53 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 4.56 here at the station, 66 degrees and mostly cloudy. Hopefully your day's almost over or is over, and the weekend's now yours. Take it. Seize the weekend. Do what you want to do now. Don't let the boss man tell you what to do anymore. Go home and let your wives tell you what to do. <laughs> Oh, well, we're, we're, we've been hard on our Commonwealth jails because of uh, basically the, the escapees that have been putting us on the national map here in them. But jailbreaks in Pennsylvania are not as common as uh, recent events imply. Now, reading through the article, it's like, okay, but yeah, they're still pretty bad. Now, this is uh, of the thousands of people incarcerated in Pennsylvania— jails every month there have been only 14 actual escapes from confinement in the past eight years this is according to spotlight pa analysis of data uh, the jails self-report to the state department of corrections while the jails uh, mostly hold people who are waiting for, to trial or transferred to another facility the state-run prisons hold people after they're sentenced there's been two escapees from the prisons in the past 25 years. One in 2007 and one in 1997, according to the department. 
the high-profile escape of most recently Daniel Calavante, Cavalcante, uh, from a jail in Chester County would be classified as an actual escape. No kidding. There's a person successfully broke out of a confinement. He escaped while awaiting transfer to a more secure state prison where he would uh, serve his life sentence for killing his ex-girlfriend. Now, the jail data shows an additional 71 attempted escapes from 2015 to 2022. Then we look at the breakout of the nine teenagers from the Abraxas Academy in Philadelphia. Um, Did not analyze that data related to escapes from youth detention centers because consistent data was not available. So youth detention centers aren't considered escapes because of the data. But uh, the vast majority of escapees are considered walkaways where someone leaves the jail for an approved reason, such as work release, and never returns. There were 557 walkaways between 2015 and 2022, about 87% of all escapees. Well, doesn't that mean they escaped too? I understand they were let out for work release, but they still didn't come back. So isn't that an escapee? Aren't they still a danger to the public? Aren't they still out when they shouldn't be? I love how they splice the data to make it seem better. Altogether, escapees from adult jails in Pennsylvania are down significantly from pre-pandemic years. The number of escapees dropped from 106 to 2019 in 2019 to 27 in 2020, but it increased to 43 last year. So, you know, they try and split the numbers to make it bad, but it isn't... One escapee, one too many. I mean, I would think if you live near the prison, like these people did where this convicted murderer and threat to the community was out for a while, you know, it's still a threat. They're still out. But we need to do better. We need to pay our correction officers more. We need to get a higher caliber of correction officers in the facilities. So there's no no escapes. That's the key. That's the goal, right? To keep all escape the all the, the bad guys in jail. It's uh five o'clock here at WILK News Radio. We'll be back after the break with the Rob O'Donnell show. 